0: There's no rules! There's one rule! Yeah, that'll do. Oh, that old do. That'll do, donkey. Welcome back to Inside the Studio here at Franklin <laughs> Bridge. Uh, the No Mulligans podcast here. Uh, I'm Jack. This is Scott.
1: <laughs> I'm going to hold that in my head for so long. Uh,
0: we're going to laugh at it every week. I know. I know. It's so, so good. Uh, but thank you guys so much for uh, taking the time to, to listen to this podcast. If you're listening to it on uh, Spotify, go ahead and give us that follow. If you're listening on Apple, why don't you go ahead and pause, rate us five stars, and uh, leave us a review. That would be awesome. Um, And then also too, we're on YouTube now. Search "No Mulligans Podcast" on YouTube, and uh, you'll see our new branded channel. So, um, Apple users, I think you're still seeing the old uh, Champions Playbook logo, but we're about to get that fixed. And if you're over on Spotify, you see our brand new logo that we had. So, Erica Firehelm actually designed that for us, and it looks good. I think it looks really good. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's really good. Uh, it's it's really where we want to go for the future.
1: I think we're talking about dropping some apparel. We've been discussing it a little bit. So, if you have ideas, shoot it our way. Um we need to find a way to do a version of that that doesn't have our faces on it. Yeah, we'll get um, it. We'll get it which done. Which I think will be cool. We've but.
0: uh we've had some designs that Franklin Bridge has put out and that you've also had on some of your shirts that I think look really good. So I've got no doubt we can make some really good apparel. Especially with no mulligans, dude. That's a great little slogan. Yeah,
1: we're we're doing um we just met with our big marketing team here for the club and our whole department's got some changes yeah. Come in like special logos for each of the areas. Like oh, our yeah. Junior Academy will have their own logo. And well, and brand. we just, we
0: recently got the uh, Franklin Bridge Performance Institute too. So, yeah, so everything that's, that's a there. part of so that.
1: You'll have the Performance Institute and yep. there'll be separate logos that sit underneath that. So, sweet, separate verticals for that. Sweet, so sweet, sweet. Cool. Yeah, so. Man, a lot of
0: good things have happened here at Franklin Bridge. Uh, if you guys have been over at the club recently, uh, we... Are doing and finishing the inside of the clubhouse, uh, renovating the bar area, putting a lot of that like uh, noise, noise that uh, that noise foam in there, so it doesn't. Oh, feel dude, as airy. it sounds it feels so much so better. Good. Yeah. So
1: we'll talk about the solo uh, here in a minute. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. They had the solo tournament. It came in Saturday night, and I was after I was done teaching. So that day, between Elijah and I together, plus we had. Um, a private club fitting out here today that day we taught 50 different people in one day (laughs) that's crazy a year ago that entire week i didn't teach 50 people by myself
0: wow yeah that's cool
1: so kind of see how far we've come and where we're going and all of our programs are starting up so
0: i mean not only the programs too but i mean we've been talking about the whole the whole two two years we've been doing this podcast we've been talking about how you know, Franklin Bridge is really, like, the best place to play. And we're really starting to see that come into fruition with the with the putting green, with the driving range, with the clubhouse, with all the improvements made around the uh, the course, even, like, the T-marker. Not the T-markers. The uh,
1: the hole markers when you go out and take a look. they Dude, look, those so look so good. cool. They look so good. Yep. And you're going to see all this tall grass start to come in in certain oh spots. Oh, my It's going to look it's like a the golf best course ever. is supposed to be. 100%. There's some potential redoing a number two and how that – holes cut to take it back to its original design. The was actually supposed to split in the middle. On what hole? On two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you saw all the cart path work that's being done over here. Mm -hmm. Can't tell you what's coming there yet, but that's awesome. Um, But love the new layout of number one. There's two back tee boxes. You got one cart path that runs you from nine to the start, Mm -hmm. and then you have another cart path that actually runs you down in front of the tee, which you'll use to tee off. Looks great, yeah. One to the practice area, one to number nine, and then that other one. So it just... It's a different layout. It's kind of back and tucked in near the houses and angles. Yeah, it's just different, dude, and it's Looks so awesome. much better.
0: For sure. A lot of new stuff coming your way, so make sure to come out to the club and uh, come see us. So, yeah. yeah. So speaking of uh, the solo that just happened here, it's uh, why don't you go ahead and explain the format so, <laughs> and just
1: why we want to talk about it today. So, um, I, I think a couple of reasons. One, golf is allowed to be fun, y'all. Like, you don't just have to be... We talk about being serious. It's the no right. mulligans podcast. Yeah, Although yeah, Although, yeah. the no mulligans is very serious, but it's also got a playful tone to it, right? So, like, <clears throat> one of the things Brooks likes to do is to have tournaments that are super chill. We had a guy who hasn't been playing golf very long who's taken, like, three lessons between Elijah and I, and we encouraged him to play in the solo. Because he can. Like, that's a tournament... It's probably the only tournament he can realistically play in the whole year. And explain why. So, the solo is... Um, you were playing a solo scramble against everybody else. So um, everybody's flighted like we always do, but you get two mulligans on every par four and every par five. You get one mulligan on the par threes, and then you get two jokers. Now those two jokers can only be used on putts anywhere during the round. Um, So that was really kind of, it's just a relaxed format. So you don't have to be any good. Explain a joker to people. So too. a joker is like, it's basically another mulligan that you can use anywhere on the golf course, but it only has it can only be done on putts. Yeah. So it's an additional mulligan putt if you so need it. There you go. So, yep. um, so it's a relaxed format, totally fun. Uh, it's Red Solo Cup is kind of the – like that's the trophy. It's great branding, Dude, yeah. It's for so sure. good. It's so good. Um, so I don't even drink, and I think it's awesome. So um, it's just a fun – environment tournament and when we were in the building with the new acoustics in there you know normally at the end of those tournaments like you and I are having to like lean really close and shout really loud to just hear what each other's saying and I felt like there were half the number of people in there that have ever been in a tournament but there were at least as many as there yeah, to
0: always maybe even more
1: and so Evan was able to do the awards and people still be able to hear him even while they're still chatter like it's just such a better environment in there You feel more relaxed. You know, it just was so good. So, those improvements are great. But the solos, um, the reason why I want to talk about it is you would think, like, oh, okay, so you get, uh, let's see, you've got, we have, how many par threes do we have? We have four. Four. So, we have four par threes. So, there's four mulligans. And we have 14 others. So, you have 28. No, well, anything else. Yeah, so you have 14. So, you have 28 mulligans plus those four. It's 32 mulligans plus the two others. So, you have, 34 mulligans
0: so you'd think you'd be able to shoot insanely oh yeah low. right
1: you should be able to shoot super low and while there are guys that shoot a good bit lower than their norm um there's a large number of people that shoot the same score they always do and actually shoot higher mm-hmm. and there's a reason for that that's why we call it the no mulligans podcast right Is like there is value to like when you have extra shots and when there's that cushion um you hear guys like arnold talk about um arnold schwarzenegger talk about you know people like well what about your your b plan it's like no there's no b there's one plan i'm going there and until that absolutely fails out i don't have a backup plan when we have backup plans we don't give it all that we have towards the one thing that's out in front of us and therefore we don't achieve the one thing that's out in front of us um so you know that's um that's what's really interesting you know it's when you have that one plan, you actually stick to it. Yeah. That's what I love about golf is
0: it's got like a very, um, like when you're playing a serious round, it's a very like burn the ships mentality, right? Like there's no going back. Like, you know, we quad this hole, you got to keep on playing, you know, (laughs) like there's no, yeah. yeah, And you got to make those birdies to get those shots back. And yeah. in the solo, I can definitely see how, uh, you know, Hey, and, and, if you've ever been out playing and you're like, "Hey boys, like let me just let me hit one more off of to you on off this one," you know, like it, it won't even count. And sometimes that second one isn't even isn't even as good as the first. Like sometimes the first miss is better than the second miss. So I just think there's a lot of value. T- I think there's a it's a tricky format because I think it is it, it designed for you to shoot lower, but in some ways it's a uh, it mentally tests everybody even more in a normal round than a normal round. It feels like
1: right. So um, Elijah. Was 13 under going into his 18th hole. <laughs> he was so low, dude. He was so insanely low. So he was 13 under going into his 18th hole, which was number 9. And um, took a mulligan off the tee shot because it wasn't close enough. The pin was back in that back right bowl, and he hit it just over the green. So he takes a mulligan, but it just tails off in the water. So he doesn't use that when he uses the first one and then he blades that one in the hazard, makes double, shoots 60, shoots two under, because he didn't have any more mulligans. They're all gone, right? So he's got to play it. But um, he's one of the few that shot really low for a couple of reasons. One, people think, oh, I'll just get on the green, I'll have three putts at it. Well, that's assuming you can hit the green enough number of times to be able to do that. So people are having to use extra shots just to get on the green or just to get a ball in play. Right, so like, well, I'm not in the fairway. I'm over here to the side, so I'm gonna take another tee ball. So like, I don't actually hit it. Like, great, you made a par or a bogey that you were gonna make anyway. So like, their score doesn't actually improve all that much. Then it's guys will hit one on the green, like, oh, great, I got 25 feet, and they'll take three cracks at it. Well, last time I checked, the PGA Tour scoring average from 25 feet, their make percentage is. Well below one yeah. and three, yeah, <laughs> right. It's yeah. well below thirty-three. Probably well below that too. <laughs> right. I think
0: didn't we say that anything over like fifteen feet
1: is like an eight percent chance or something? Once you get over like twenty percent or twenty feet, they don't make much more than ten percent. There's yeah. a few guys that will make yeah, more yeah, than ten yeah. percent, but basically you got a one in ten chance. And you only have mm-hmm. three cracks at it. Be mm-hmm. like, well, I'm hitting the same putt twice. I said that doesn't make it any easier. Like that doesn't change anything plus the fact that you do have another one coming you're not as intentional with the first one right so that's the that's the kicker yeah you know it's you think that having the extra mulligan is the best thing a you got to use them in the right place b you don't so elijah's really good didn't use any of them off a of tee ball right so every tee ball's in play and then he wouldn't use it just cuz he hit it on the green like if it was 25 feet he's hitting another one i'm going to hit it i have to hit it inside of 15 feet I'm not going to make enough if I don't hit inside of 15 feet, so you know that's.
0: It's a higher probability to hit your approach shot twice than it is to putt a long
1: bomb. Right now, there are guys who shot low in this tournament, making hitting several putts, but that that percentage chance of making those is very low. Give yourself 10 feet closer, you got a better, you get a significantly better chance of making it. So, it's not just. Like, the fact people think, oh, I get extra shots. You think that's the best thing for you. It's why sometimes once my juniors are good enough, I don't give them a second chance. Like, well, can I just, just... No, 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 no. You you don't get just, just, just. Like, I don't get another one. You know, when you're playing in a tournament and you're coming down the stretch on that final hole, uh, especially with number nine the way it used to be, right? Like, you got out of bounds left, water right, and you got to go over the water again. You toss that out of bounds on the first one you're teeing again and not because the first one didn't count, right? Like you're teeing again and you're hitting three. Like that feels different. And so for that reason, it's why we shifted. And I mean, one of the big reasons why we changed the name of the podcast was because of the shift in your game. Once you were beyond that learning phase of like, Hey, I'm going to hit some extra shots out here as I'm learning my motion. So there's a place for that. But then you had just kind of repetitively kept doing that. And I was like, nah, we need to actually drop off the extra shot. Either decide beforehand that you're going to go out and play or decide beforehand that you're going to go out and practice. Like, hey, today I need to learn a bunch of different shots and practice those. I'm going to go do that. That's a different thing. Don't mix the two.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a, a, a turning point in my game just Because exactly like you said, there wasn't enough intentionality on the first shot because I knew that I would just drop it and hit it again.
1: Even if you didn't have the intent to do that, you had done it so many times that you kind of had just created this, like you knew it was always going to be an option. Like, I'll just hit another one. Now, you didn't take the second one, which is one of the things I prided you in, right? Like you didn't take the better ball. You still played the first one, but it was the fact of, like you always felt like okay now I can get the swing okay now I got the swing now I'll go to the next hole.
0: Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a benefit to that when you're learning. One thing that I think uh, if you are in a if you're listening to this and you feel like you're in a similar position, I would encourage you to come off of those extra balls as quick as you can because there's also a benefit to learning how to scramble as well and knowing all right I hit a I hit a crappy shot and now I'm in a crappy place and trying to save the hole and. You learn because you don't enjoy being in those situations. Your body almost learns how to get out of those situations so you don't have to be in them again.
1: Right, and you feel the weight of being in them. Like, man, exactly. I don't want to be here again. Like, uh um, motivate you.
0: When I had that awesome, awesome round that I had a couple days ago, and I had one blow-up hole, and I remember I duffed two chips in a row after hitting one in the water. It was like the worst hole that I've <laughs> had in a while. But I, I duffed a chip. I duffed it again and I was like, and all my playing partners are kind of waiting because I was still away. And I said, you know what? You guys, you guys hit your putt. I'm taking a lap. And I came up, you know, hit it close to the hole and, and knocked it in. And it was just, I gave weight to the situation and it was like, you know what? Like, I've got to regroup and hit this again, but it, it still me the, the shot still means something. It's not like I'm just going to give up or pick, my, pick up my ball after that. And it's
1: not like you hit two extras and then decide to play that one. It was like right. I have to play this ball and this hurts and I'm pissed right. and I'm not happy. Right. And yeah.
0: It also teaches you core strategy too because especially that ball that I hit in the water, it's easy for me to just drop another one and hit it. But I remember I was hitting a full nine. I was hitting a full nine and I was going right at the pin. But what I didn't know... And I should what I should have known is that the pin was in the front and that why don't you just hit an eight? If it flies, it's still on the green and there's no and there's no chance of me coming up short. And you're in the BPN most and likely. And I'm in the B P N most <laughs> likely. So I'm just like I'm like, I'm just hitting myself. I like, I'm like, dude, like why didn't we just it makes you think through the core strategy a lot more intentionally.
1: Rather than, well, let me just hit another one and hit it better. Yeah, hit it, actually, harder, right? hit it harder, right? Hit harder, and yeah. let's say you hit it good. Then you reinforce it. Okay, that was probably the better decision. It, exactly. It, it like it perpetuates this cycle exactly. of like you're just making these subtle little errors. Right. And any one of those by themselves isn't a bad thing. Right. But when you start compounding and you start ingraining those little tiny habits, yep. you start creating... You create the monster that it is that you fear,
0: and we were talking about it on the back tee as well. When we were talking about um, we were talking about our our stock yardages, and we were talking about start, stock yardages. I remember mine being they're a little short of what I really want them to be at the end of the day, but you have to play with the yardages that you got. And I remember uh, a couple weeks ago too, I was I was in here with Tate, and Tate was getting his numbers on the on the quad, and and I remember him hitting, like, four or five of, like, the same club. And he was just trying to, you know, keep on upping those distances, upping those distances. And I was like, remember, man, you're going to be playing with the average of what you're hitting right here. So let's not write down the the lar- the, la- the, the largest number when it comes down to this. We're going to be taking what's actually going to be going out there on the course. And if that means your eight iron goes X, you're going to be playing with that. You're not going to be hitting it perfect every single time or, or just crushing the ball every single time.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's uh – that's one of the things that's difficult. I was telling you about my new 7-wood that I, that I have that's a regular yeah. flex. Yeah, yeah. And I was playing um, the other day. I didn't quite dial the distance incorrect the first time I hit it on number three. And I hadn't hit it at all yet. So, like, it's totally clean ball. But after that, um, you're pulling it out, yeah. Um, after that, I hit it on number five. We were into the wind, uh, 190. It's pr- It's, like, Dead straight normal, it's like two thirty five. If I hit it full, it's two thirty five. So it's one ninety, slightly into the wind, it's raining a little bit. It's probably playing about two oh five. So I'm taking thirty yards off this club. Ball never leaves the flags to get hit it five feet. <laughs> and then I had it on eight, playing from four fairway. If <laughs> I drive so bad on on four, on on eight, just super nervous about going left. And uh I decide to hit seven wood from down in the valley there probably only about a buck 80 hit it 12 feet and was like done i'm going can i just have a bag full of seven woods but like i like that it's a softer flex and i like that it's biases left because i know it's never going to go right sure and so i can i can dial it into whatever i want it's basically like it feels to me like I'm hitting another wedge. It basically feels to me like I'm hitting my gap wedge, yeah. which is my favorite club in my back. Right,
0: right, right, right. It's almost identical. Yeah.
1: Like I, can, I just dial it way back now, and hit
0: it. Now, question for all the equipment nerds out there. You said that you don't have to – did you say you don't have to worry about it going left? Or you
1: – I, mo- I the, like that it goes left. You
0: like that it goes left. On
1: uh, my bad swing, it goes
0: left. Now, answer me this for all the club heads out there. If you've got, a weaker, if you've got a, a weaker shaft, so let's say I swing X-Flex and I go down to regular. If I'm swinging at my normal club speed, shouldn't that mean that the club is lagging behind and then I'm going to end up spraying it to the right?
1: Typically, it'll go right. Now, right. in my motion, when it's, <clears throat> when it's regular flex like that, mm-hmm. in my motion, my legs will stop and I'll throw the club head. Mm. Now, if I have a stiffer flex shaft, for me, I'm less likely to do both of those things. And so, like... I'm forced to kind of have to pony up, but I'll hit it straighter, and it's stiffer, and the face is a little more quiet. Sure. But, like, I can hit it really bad. Yeah. But this is always left. It might go right because I'll try and save it with my hands if it's stiffer. But this one is always going to go left. So then I could just dial in the motion a little bit tighter, and it won't go left.
0: Dude, the – And
1: I need more lag in my golf swing. So I like that all my misses with all of these clubs are all left.
0: Right, right. Man, this uh – the hazardous red shaft with the red grips <laughs> and the, the Strixon Mark II branding with it being black and red just looks so good. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can look at the club right yeah, now. Yeah. It looks sweet. It's,
1: uh, but, like, where was it going with this whole thread of hitting 7-wood? Well, we were just talking about playing with,
0: like, what we actually hit the club.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm sitting here going, am I about to hit a 7-wood from 180 yards? Yeah, it's like that could be like a stock – that used to be seven six iron, iron, six iron yeah, flighted. Yeah. I'm going, I'm hitting a seven wood. I'm a PGA golf professional who's been playing for a long time as a very technically sound golf swing, and I'm hitting I'm hitting a seven wood. Like what's wrong with me? And it's not what's wrong with me. It's we're back to the there's one rule that you hear in the opening, right? Is yep. like there's one rule, shoot a lower score. And for me, it gives me a lot of comfort to hit those clubs. Um and I have a lot of control over it. Like, whatever the number is, however far it goes, is however far it goes. You don't have to... If you can hit it straight, if you make the correct motion with a 7-iron and a correct motion with a 5-iron, like, why not just hit a 5-iron instead of a 7? Here's another uh,
0: knowledge bomb here. One of my mentors told me this. She told me... Uh, she said, just because you have a natural talent in doing something and you don't think it's valuable it doesn't mean it's not valuable to the world. It doesn't matter that it's not effective. It, it, ma- it, it matters that you can do it and notice that that is a skill of yours. One thing that I think is a skill of yours is that you're really good at flighting the ball, taking distance off, putting distance on. You're able to do that well, and you're able to use the strengths of that 7 wood by able, by making it fly catching a flyer knocking I'm something not down hit it full, hard taking taking spin off of the ball because you're not hitting it with an iron right so it's like you're able to craft that club but just because it's a skill of yours doesn't mean it's a it's not valuable and that it's not the way to play the game like you're just playing to your strengths which a lot of people I feel like they're like, all right, you know, if I need to hit this 180, that means that I need to, all right. What's my max distance on my on my six iron? Okay, I'm gonna hit this full.
1: It's like, what if you don't? What if you don't have to? Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because um, I had a lesson with a guy the other day. He'll probably listen to the podcast. Like he wants to hit full shots. Like I want to, like I can do it with a with a knockdown. And he had told me that like two weeks prior to his lesson. And I sat there and I talked to Elijah afterward. I was like, if he can do it with a knockdown, why does he just hit the knockdown? He's like, but that's not the way I want it to be. I was like, but what if that's why? the way that it is? Yeah. Now, it's funny because I have the same struggle. So in my motion, I have to feel my shoulders are really retracted like this through the whole motion and do a little work with my legs. And I don't feel like I have any control of the club with my hands, which is fine. Like it's going to go really straight. We had talked about this. But like I feel like I'm just hitting knockdowns everywhere, like the ball's not going to go anywhere. And Hank told me a long time ago, 2011 12 he said your golf swing is going to be awesome just by you're just going to hit lots of knockdowns everywhere lots of flighted shots well what is the best club in my bag my wedges you want me to hit an eight iron 105 yards you got to see me do the two iron in here on the simulator at 100 what was it, 145 yard shot yeah. hit this little soft wheat cut that just like goes up there within you know gets it on the green like it's something i'm good at doing Um, so, you know, it's, but like, am I, am I okay with that's my game? Or is there, like, what is it that I'm wanting? What's the rule that I'm following that's not that, if that makes sense? I love that y'all are talking code over here. It's so good. Um, but like, what is the rule that I'm trying? What is the, um, in my first book and Elijah's loving this chapter one, uh, what master are you serving? I'm serving like I need to feel like I'm making a full swing. I need to look like I'm making a full swing. I need to hit it farther. I'm a PGA pro. I shouldn't hit hybrids and fairway woods as my clubs. Like, There's all of these things but that why are like tugging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like why do I care what all of them think? Sure, sure. If there's one rule to shoot a lower score, and that's what we're pushing. And so we're pushing this year in club fittings. We're going to push a ton of hybrids and high lofted fairway woods because they're so effective for the vast majority of people.
0: Now you once told me, you said, Jack, when you, and I are, I'm starting to feel this. You go, Jack, when you, when you really come into your own, your game is going to be a a really good iron player. Why would you recommend, let's say like a three and a four iron to me over like a five, five hybrid or four hybrid?
1: (sighs) I love how you asked this question. The answer is, I don't know. I just, that's a sense that I have is that you'll be really good with that. Um I think too, the heavier shaft, if I'm trying to like I'm trying to work myself into the answer right now. Um why might I say that? I think the heavier shaft is better for you than when you go to when you go to graphite, you would have a fairly difficult time.
0: Yeah. And and you um I was thinking Which about it. tee. I back think the tee. sixty
1: gram driver that you have, yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't know is the right
0: I, I agree with that
1: right flex i
0: totally agree with that um but the, I'll, I'll end it with this um on the club stuff is when i was playing baseball there was i always swung a DeMarini marini bat and that's just a brand out there and um they always had two different uh two different models they had the, the voodoo model and the cf model and those you don't they're just branding at the end of the day yeah, yeah. the cf model was more of a uh bat that was weighted uh, in the middle, so it was an even weight distribution throughout. I didn't like swinging the CF. I like swinging the Voodoo. Now the Voodoo was a heavier because it, it was in it was in loaded, and so I feel like I could feel the tip of the bat come around in the strike zone, and it's it, a heavier swing. Correct. Bat. So technically, you can you can the CF model. You can get your hands through the zone quicker. But if you have strong hands and strong forearms, then you can use the voodoo and you can get that the that weight around. If you can if you can get that weight around and make solid contact with the ball, that ball is gonna go forever.
1: Which makes sense,
0: cause which related <coughs> to the golf,
1: which relates to you're gonna be better with the long iron. Correct,
0: and and you were even talking about how you see wouldn't I couldn't want, tell you, I couldn't tell you why. Right, I was right, just right. right. You by, but that makes sense. But you were saying on the back tee, you said, dude, like. I could play your irons if I wanted to, but like I I don't want to because I can't even feel where this where I the have head no is, idea where the thing is. Because my clubs are so heavy, yeah.
1: So I would probably yeah, I would probably be better with the other
0: with the C F bat. CF. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's uh you know what we need to try and find? We'll have to do an ebay search. We need to find an old steel shafted driver. Oh. And let you play with a steel shafted driver. That'd be
0: fun. That'd, That'd be, be fun. Cool. So relating this all back to the solo, what is what is one way where people can Really improve their game other than what we talked about as far as you know weaning weaning them off of those rehits. How does somebody how does somebody really get into playing better with mulligans? I think
1: the simplest thing is to finish everything out. These are actually some of the my favorite beginner students. Is the people like, hey, I shoot one hundred and twenty-seven, like that's my scoring average. Or 115, like they literally track every single shot. There's value to that because then we know whatever improvement we make is real, tangible improvement.
0: Yeah, even if it's 120 to 110, you can be like, dude, I shaved 10 strokes off.
1: Now, if you've taken a lesson with Elijah or me and you're working on uneven lies and you want to go out there and play in an evening, like you know, play after six o'clock and get the cheaper rate and go go play nine holes, and you want to try uneven lies, don't play for a score. Hit two or three balls and mul- just don't even hit a tee shot. Just go out and hit two or three balls in multiple places and learn, right? It's hard to learn uneven lives on a, on a tee ball. Sure, yeah. So go out there and just learn how to hit those different shots. Yeah, yeah. And you'll, you will need to create, am I playing for a score or am I playing to learn?
0: Mm-hmm. And now, even if you are playing to learn, try and take – take it, like, we would always say oh, this in sports. take it seriously like take it it's the seriously. first time. We, we would always right. say this, like, in, in baseball or even basketball practice, it would be like, you know, game speed here, boys, game speed. And, that mean, you know, that means when you're you know, playing sports, got, game speed. But to relate that to golf, you know, take it seriously when you're hitting these shots. Act like it is the only one that you're going to hit. Well, and
1: I would say this, like, if you hit three from, so you drop it on number one out here on the hill on the left, hit three from that spot, then finish all three of those out.
0: Ah. Yeah. So you're
1: creating like, hey, I'm gonna have to finish these out and keep track of what would your score be? Sure. I I'd be one over I would average one over on this all I would have made bogey on all of them.
0: Yeah, or uh if we want to do another podcast about this, we've already we've probably described it on a podcast before, but the crazy eight game.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do create. we'll, we'll have, have to introduce to. crazy eights and we'll have to like display it on YouTube so you can see oh, that'd be fun. what the what the actual penalties are. Do it with a shot tracker and everything. Dude, Crazy uh, Eights. Shot tracer. We need to go do Crazy Eights one time and kind of film it. Yeah. The amount, the array of emotions and your focus in and out and trying too hard and too little and everything in between, you will hit every single one of those in nine holes playing Crazy Eights. Yeah, yeah. And it is an absolute onslaught mentally and physically. For sure. For it's, sure. It's absolutely incredible.
0: We'll go ahead and end it right there just because uh yeah, I think this all relates to the solo really well and how you guys can really take your game to the next level. And uh just know too that that you can get to that next level whenever you want to. You just have to decide in the way that you practice and the way that you play. And I think you really will see some improvements. So.
1: so who's your masters pick? Since this is going out on the start of Masters Week, maybe we should pick uh, one. Oh, <sighs>
0: I already made the master's prediction. I said I it's going to be Rory.
1: I don't even remember who I said. Yeah. But I'm going to take a hot take. Um, Scotty Scheffler. I don't think that's a hot take. Is going to repeat. <laughs> I'd love to see that, that. Like, we don't see very many repeats. Yeah. Like Spieth almost did it and then choked it away.
0: To uh, I mean, just to reaffirm my pick. The only reason I picked Rory, number one, I actually think he's playing some pretty decent golf right now. Um, yeah. Played pretty well in the match play this past weekend. Yep. Um, but I just want to see him get that career Grand Slam. Yeah, That's I agree. All I, I think see that would be awesome. But I will say, seeing Scheffler repeat would be
1: amazing too. Like I'd be just as hyped for that. I want to see Rory or uh, Ricky win this week and get into Augusta. Because he's not top fifty, is he's he? He's not top fifty. He's so freaking close, dude. He's so close. he's I come mean, from. Even if he gets a, from, like, if you get to top five, he'll be in. Sure. His game was on beyond life support. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was pronounced dead at the scene, and he is coming back to life, dude. Woods no, Farman is breathing life back into that golf game. There,
0: there's, there's no exemptions in the Masters either.
1: No, so. he has to win. Yeah, he has to win, or can I he place like top no, five? I get, think he has to win. But you just got to be in the top 50. You no, know? But it, that's it's the week before the tournament. Those, mm. All those top 50s have already been chosen.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he has to win. A win gets him in. Wow. Hey, wouldn't it that be – That would be epic. Wouldn't it be epic? I have to win to get into Augusta, and I win and get into I was Augusta. About to say, well, I was about to say, what if he wins and gets in and then wins? <laughs> wouldn't that be a storyline to follow? That would be like – that would solidify not only Ricky as a good player – but that would solidify Butch Harmon as the greatest golf instructor on the face of the planet. Well, I think it's a big ever. enough.
0: I think it's a big enough feat that they would. That'd be like an ESPN thirty for thirty. Like,
1: oh easy. yeah, you'd follow a whole. You'd follow, you know, the whole two Bush weeks and him and the whole deal. Like the whole two
0: weeks, he's dude. He's gonna have
1: a whole special yeah. episode on the next full swing you know oh, yeah. documentaries that'd
0: be awesome yeah well uh, uh i want to i do want to talk more about the masters we'll talk about that more on uh on future episodes as well um or maybe we'll do maybe we'll put in one another like short one before uh masters week actually releases with like all of our official picks and stuff so we'll we'll talk about that
1: we may just post that to social and say hey here's our picks who are your picks
0: i love that too well, I think that's great. But uh, hopefully, you guys played well in the solo, and you're looking forward to playing it next year. I'll say this as a plug for the solo for next year, for 2024. If you are new to the game, you haven't played much tournament golf or anything that's really high stakes or high pressure. I would highly encourage you play to in play the in the solo next year. It's, now, so, much, it's, your it's first, so much fun. It's your, yeah, you get right. so many chances, and you don't. There's no. There's. There's really no pressure. At right. All. Nobody cares what you Nobody shoot cares. in that tournament. Nobody cares. And
1: you're going to hit so many extra shots. And
0: like, it'll get you that, that tournament feel. It'll yeah, get you that tournament feel. Without the pressure of a normal. Like, 100%. 100%. So just a plug for what Franklin Bridge is Sweet. doing and uh, the events that we're putting on to make golf fun for everybody, no matter the skill level uh, or how long you've been playing. So uh, love it. Well, from Jack and Scott here in the studio at Franklin Bridge, it's been the No Mole Against Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. There's no room. No there's one